Well, good afternoon and welcome to 5-Minute Inspirations. My name is Larry Hunter and I'm your host. Thank you for taking the opportunity to tune in and listen to my program. I want to ask you a question. How are you today? How's it going? Have you had a good day so far? I hope you're having a great day. Is it a beautiful day in your neighborhood? (laughs) It is around here. You know, actually, this is my favorite time of year, springtime, and the temperature right now is about... Uh, I'm in North Carolina. It's about 83 degrees or so. Lovely day. And I'm enjoying it. And you know what? When I got up this morning, it was a lot cooler than it is now. But the surprising thing is that even still, you won't find me this afternoon out here with my big old coat with with the hood that has fur all around it and an old ski mask under that with my gloves on and my snow boots and my scarf. You won't find me in all that gear today. Wow, isn't that amazing? Do you know why you won't find me dressed like that? Well, let me me brace you, okay? This ain't some big old spiritual answer. (laughs) The reason why you won't find me dressed like that this afternoon is because I heard the weather forecast last night. And then I heard it again this morning, and they predicted, basically, that the day was going to be warm. So I heard that the day was going to be up in the lower 80s, upper 70s, lower 80s. And I believed it, and then I acted accordingly. Do you know what I just did when I did all of that? I walked in faith. I exercised faith. Huh? So see, what I want to do, I want to take the next few segments and talk about faith and how, you know, make it practical for us all. Many times what happens is that, I don't know, we have an amazing way of taking things that God never meant to be complicated, you know, things from the Word of God, you know, the truth from the Word of God, we have a way of making them so complicated when God never intended for it to be that way. So faith is one of those things. I'm sure you've heard a lot of teaching on faith, and I have as well. A lot of good teaching, but then some teaching that kind of leaves you, afterwards, leaves you a little bit confused. Well, do I have faith? Uh, Am I walking by faith now? Uh, How big is my faith? You know, we have all these questions to the point that Sometimes it can get so confusing that we don't actually do the word because we don't understand how to take what we read and make it practical. And I thank God because that's one of the ways that God really uses me. He's put in my heart a strong desire to take what's written in the word so that not only do we know what the Bible says and where it says it, but that we also can see how to take what it says and practically apply it to our everyday lives. So that's what fuels me. That's part of what fuels me on the inside. And I want to take a few segments just to talk about that, about faith. Now, where are you at right now? What part of the world are you in? (laughs) I thank God because I'm understanding that this podcast has a reach throughout the nations. I've received a number of call-ins from the UK. I've received uh, call-ins from different places around the world. And I love that. And so as I'm boasting about how we're having a nice day, lower 80, 80 degree Fahrenheit or so around this area, then I better not boast too much because somebody around the world might still be digging out some snow. I don't know. But I mean, you know, maybe you're having a different kind of day. But I bet whatever kind of day you're having, you're dressed adequately for that day. Right? And I would guess also that the reason that you're dressed adequately, for example, if... If, if it's raining today, then you probably either have your raincoat or your umbrella or both of them. I would guess that the reason is the same reason that I had, that you heard the forecast, 
yesterday, maybe today, or maybe heard someone talking about what the weather was supposed to be like today. You believed it, and then you governed yourself accordingly. Again, that's what faith is. Faith is that simple. Hmm? So, I'm going to throw this out here at you. And it's almost kind of funny me asking you a couple of questions here, because usually when I throw a wide open question like this, nobody calls in and responds. But I'm going to do it anyway, just for fun. I want you to call in and tell me where you're at. Where are you listening to this podcast from? Where around the whole wide world are you listening to this podcast from? And then also, what kind of weather are you having today? Hmm? Okay, so those are the two questions that I'm throwing out at you. If anyone wants to take an extra moment to give us a call in, let us know where you're listening from and how the weather was. And I guess also if you were dressed adequately, which I think that's a no-brainer. I think you are dressed adequately adequately for the weather in your area. But, so that's what I got. And uh, just letting you know today, we'll pick it up some more tomorrow. We're going to talk about a few aspects of faith. I'm not going to try to try to give you an exhaustive cover of everything about faith because I don't know everything about it. But some things, that, some insight that God has given to me, I'm so willing to share with you. And the end result will be that we'll find the teaching about faith, the subject of faith, a bit more practical so we can actually apply it to our lives. This is Larry Hunter, 5-Minute Inspirations. And uh, I hope you have a beautiful evening. Looking forward to being with you the next time. Peace. Hi, I'm Larry Hunter, and this is 5-Minute Inspirations. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in to the program. We began yesterday talking about, uh, I mentioned that we were going to do a mini-series on faith. And so we're going to continue with that today. Yesterday, I just really wanted to introduce the subject to you. And uh, anyway, I remember years ago, I worked as a distributor of hardwood flooring. Yep, we delivered wood, hardwood flooring. Of course, it wasn't assembled. (laughs) It was on pallets and whatnot, all broken down. But we delivered wood to places that generally fell within about a 150-mile radius from our location. Yep, I was a delivery driver. And most often, the delivery site would be like a housing subdivision, you know, where they were building houses. So I load up my truck first thing in the morning, usually right at the crack of dawn. I'm loading up my truck, getting everything ready for, for the day's deliveries. And when I had everything in order, I got everything tied down, strapped down like it's supposed to be, you know, because sometimes it would take about four hours just to get to the site. So you got four hours of driving, then you down, I mean, I was going to say download. You unload the truck for about an hour, and then you got four hours to get back. Man, what an experience that was in itself. I never would have imagined that our state had so many back roads and also so many small, unheard of little towns. So now here I am in the truck early in the morning, got it all loaded. I'm ready to roll out, but I'm waiting in the driver's seat. I'm sitting in the driver's seat and I'm waiting for one thing. This is the most important thing. See, my boss, he would go back inside the office and he'd print out for me a copy of the directions for me to follow in order to get safely to my destination. See, back then we didn't have GPS we was working at MapQuest. You hear me? MapQuest. We were working it. So he'd come out with a printed out copy of turn left here, turn right there, look for this exit, go on this highway for so many miles. All the instructions, right? Well, see, I want to point out three little important things that we got to consider with this scenario. Number one, he hands me the, the, the instructions and everything. From my position sitting inside the truck, I, it was impossible for me to be able to see the final destination. Are you with me? Here, I'm in the truck at the warehouse. I can't see the place that I'm going to end up going to. Number two, I'm going to be traveling to a place that I ain't never been before. (laughs) 
ain't never been there before. And then number three, the journey I'm about to take on is going to involve a bunch of twists and turns in the road. And man, we're going to be going through some little places and down some roads that I can't even pronounce. Are you with me? <laughs> so the successful completion of my assignment to deliver this hardwood is going to depend upon several things. But it's going to depend upon one major thing. What do you think that major thing would be? Well, it's going to depend upon my faith. See, check it out. Again, I'm about to embark on a new journey. And I'm also about to follow these directions that I'm seeing for the first time sitting up in the truck. And I'm about to take off. So again, in order to pull this whole thing off, I'm going to have to mix some faith with these map quest directions that I've been given so that I can get going. Now, you know something? Just the same way that my boss did, God has also provided us with a set of directions. I'm talking about the Bible here. Now, these instructions, they share the same characteristics of the ones that my boss gave me. Do you remember that I mentioned that I was unable to see my final destination from the warehouse door? Well, you can't in any way see all that the Lord has planned for you from where you stand right now. You know, I also mentioned that to deliver this hardwood flooring, I was going to have to find myself traveling to a place that I'd never been before. Well, see, God's instructions, they are ready to move you from where you currently find yourself to a much better place in life. And finally, I mentioned that my route would involve a bunch of strange back roads and stuff like that. Did you know there's actually a Dallas, North Carolina? <laughs> I didn't either until I blew past the sign one day. Dallas, 12 miles? North Carolina? <laughs> anyway, but what I'm saying is that God's, God's directions, they're going to talk of changes and turns that at the moment are totally unfamiliar to you. You know, as you get into the word and kind of see what it says and, and have a heart to obey it. So you know what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to mix faith with the instructions that you find in God's word if you'll ever stand a chance of getting to where God wants to take you. You know, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2 says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So see, they didn't get any benefit from God's word because they looked at the map quest instructions and it was like, I don't believe this. I don't believe this will get me there. See, sometimes we've had that attitude towards the word of God. Now you have to place faith in God's instructions. Your successful navigation along the plan of God for your life will no doubt depend upon several things. But the one thing that's absolutely major is your faith. So you got to have faith in God's integrity. And you have to have faith in the accuracy of his directions to you, right? Now imagine the frustration that I would have caused to my boss, my co-workers, as well as the contractor who's, who's expecting me to show up with his, his hardwood flooring a little bit later on in the day. Imagine the frustration that I would have caused if I had refused to believe that the MapQuest instructions handed to me would actually get me there. Man, that just mess up the whole system. That'd mess up everything, wouldn't it? It's so important to realize how instrumental a role faith plays in the life of a Christian. All of our dealings with the Lord, everything that he wants to do to us and through us depends upon our faith. Now, if we choose not to exercise faith in God's word, 
then it totally frustrates the plan of God for our lives. You can see that, right? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Talking about God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, right? And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, I just wanted to whet your appetite even a little bit more and stir up a little bit more interest in you to, uh, as we begin to talk more about faith. Man, <laughs> it's like everything that has to do with God has to do with faith. Our connection with God is through faith. Everything he wants to do to us, through us, in our lives, through our lives, it's going to require faith. So I'm glad that you're tuning in so we can talk about faith and just kind of find out some things as the Lord kind of reveals them, some different angles to look at faith to help us to understand, again, how to practically apply what the Word of God says about faith. So make sure to tune in again tomorrow as we're going to continue on this subject. I want you to have a wonderful afternoon. God bless you. This is Larry Hunter, 5-Minute Inspirations, and I just trust and believe that you're feeling a bit more inspired right now than you did just a few minutes ago. All right? God bless you. We'll see you next time. Hello and welcome to 5-Minute Inspirations. My name is Larry Hunter. I'm your host, and I want to say thank you for tuning in again to the program. We're into like part three of a series that I haven't really even titled yet, but we're talking about faith, and particularly I'm emphasizing faith in God. So today, I mean, there's so many angles you can go through when you're talking about faith. There's so many different angles you can look at it. I've just chosen a few of them that I want to kind of present to you, and I'm believing God that it'll actually help you to come to a better understanding about your faith and to kind of evaluate where you are. Are you operating in faith or not? And, you know, basically to kind of give you some insight on how to practically apply what the Word of God teaches about faith. So anyway, uh, let's go ahead and get into it. One aspect that I want to mention today that's important about faith is that in its simplest terms, faith is simply believing something that, well, believing something without the aid of your five physical senses. So faith in God involves just that, believing in something without depending first upon your physical senses to detect it. Now, before you tell me, oh, no, but Brother Larry, this is this that, that's difficult to do. It's easier said than done. Well, I want to remind you of the fact that we do, all, we do it every day. We do this all day, every day. How many of us wait until the absolute last minute to leave and be able to get to work on time without even the slightest thought that the car might not start up after we turn the ignition? We take up to the last minute in the house getting ready because we believe, <laughs> we believe that the car will start right up and function properly to get us to our work on time, right? You know, as I told you, I play drums and I play the, the piano, the keyboard. And I was kind of browsing a, uh, a little while back and I recently found a, a listing of a drum set, a used drum set online. And so I started talking back and forth with the dude about the drum set. Only thing was that where he lives was at least an hour and a half, I think about an hour and 45 minutes away from where I am. And the only time that, you know, he could uh, meet with me was 7 o'clock the next morning. Now, mind you, it's about 10.30 at night. We talking back and forth, right? <laughs> well, I actually agreed to be at his house at 7 a.m. Lord Jesus, what got into me, y'all? I don't know. Anyway, so I woke up. Early in the morning, I woke up around something to 5, because, you know, I had to get out by 5.20 or so. A.M., let me remind you, A.M. <laughs> anyway, I woke up, and it was a storm going on. I mean, it was raining, cats and dogs, it was pouring down raining. Thunder, lightning, the whole works, you know? 
Nevertheless, I jumped into my car and I took off around 5.20 in the morning. And I'm, t- I'm serious. I fought the weather conditions the whole way up there. It was raining the whole way. I mean, raining hard. And uh, even when I got to the address that he'd given to me, when I pulled up, I didn't see nothing. I didn't see nobody outside waiting for me, of course, because it was raining. It was still raining cats and dogs. And I thought immediately, what about my hair? <laughs> no, I'm just playing, just playing. I got a, a buzz cut, so I, you know, the weather don't affect my hair at all, right? Anyway, what I want to say is this. Do you know that it never dawned on me, not even for one instance, that the address that he gave me might not be right? It never dawned on me, maybe he didn't really have the drones that I'd seen in the picture. It never dawned, never crossed my mind that he wasn't actually selling them for the price that he had listed. Or that he wouldn't be there at seven when I got there. It never dawned, these doubts never came into my mind at all. In other words, I believed his words and I acted on them. That's faith. And that's just another example to show you how we use faith every day. Now, faith in God which is what I'm emphasizing in this series, it's just that simple. I read what he says, or I read what's written in the Bible, I believe his words, and then I act like he'll stand behind what he said. See, sometimes we've misunderstood what it means to be trusting God or to have faith in God for something. And we really felt that we were walking by faith in God's promises on something when in actuality... Our belief was based on something that we were focusing on with one of our five senses. See, you asked the Lord for that promotion, remember? You asked the Lord for the promotion on the job, and you're telling everybody that you believe it's yours. You trust in God. But in reality, your belief is dependent upon your boss having a pleasant demeanor towards you. So one day, your boss comes into work. She didn't sleep good because she had an upset stomach, because she'd been worrying about a whole lot of stuff that's going on in her personal life. So she doesn't greet you as she normally would. And then you walk past her office, you know, the door's kind of cracked open a little bit. You walk past her office door, right when she happens to look up, and she looks like seeing you is the worst thing that could ever happen to her. (laughs) Now, all of a sudden, your so-called faith in God for your promotion just took a nosedive. You thought that your faith was in God's word when actually it was in her maintaining a positive attitude towards you. And you are convinced from what you see today that she has just the opposite. She got a negative attitude towards you. Well, see, faith in God rests upon his integrity. It rests upon his integrity to stand behind all that he has promised or stated as is recorded in the Bible. It doesn't have anything to do with physical senses. That does not depend upon anything you can pick up with one of your five physical senses. Nothing at all. It rests upon God's integrity to stand behind what he said. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12. God said, I am ready to perform my word. Hallelujah. Psalm chapter 89 verse 34. God also says, my covenant I will not break nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. Hallelujah. You're talking about integrity. Listen to what God's saying. Listen to what he's saying. Shucks. In Numbers chapter 23 and verse 19, 
The Bible also lets us know that God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? See, so so you see right here God's integrity. Now the dude that I was talking with online about them drums, I didn't grill him on these questions. I, look here, are you sure that you're telling me the truth? Do you really have some drums up there? I see the picture, but do you really have them drums up there? Do you really live at this address that you're giving to me? I didn't do all of that. I just automatically just believed him and went on with it. See, faith in God is the same way. We make the decision to believe his words without having to depend upon any physical sense evidence. That's what faith is. Hebrews 11.1 1 even says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So see, God even asked in Isaiah, he said, Who has believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? See, God is looking, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of him whose heart is perfect towards him. That's 2 Chronicles 16.9. See, God is looking for us to come to him in faith to simply believe what he said because he said it. And not have to depend upon one of our senses picking up something. And now and yeah, I'll believe it now because it looked like it. I'll believe it because it looks that way. Uh-uh. God wants you to believe him just because he said it. Believe it in his integrity. Believe that he's ready to perform his word like he said in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, right? So that we're talking about faith in God. And we're talking about the fact, today we're talking about the fact that your faith in God is a belief in his words, in his declarations, without having to have the help of any of your physical senses. I'm going to close in uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verses 24 and 25 kind of explains this principle a little bit, okay? It says, for we were saved in hope. Listen to this. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly await, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Do you get what he's saying here? Let me put it in, in, in other words. He's saying basically, even our salvation, our salvation, everything that we receive from God, we receive it by hope. We receive it by believing something that we can't necessarily pick up with our senses. It's, it's a hope that we have on the inside. But then he's saying hope that is seen is not hope. See, guess what? I'm operating faith, believing that you're listening to this podcast. Man, you ought to see me over here talking into this microphone. I'm all animated and everything, and I'm got all these expressions coming on my face and everything. Why? Because I believe that as a result of me laying this down, that a little while later, you're going to pick it up, and you're going to be listening to what I'm saying. I believe that. I can't pick that up with any of my physical senses, but I've chosen to believe it. So again, we're saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? See, if you were sitting right here and we were talking and I was sharing these things with you and all of a sudden I stopped and said, you know what, man? I'm going to tell you something. I really believe that you're right here and we're talking. Okay, look at here. That's crazy, right? Because see, I already see, I can touch you. I can, <laughs> I can, I know you're right here with me. So that doesn't require faith. 
Faith is for those things that you don't see yet, but that you believe. And as you act according to what you believe that God has promised you or that God has said in his word, then that's faith. And that's what brings the grace of God into manifestation in and through your life. Okay, I think we kind of went a little heavy today. I hope you're with me. I mean, I hope you're following what I'm saying because I, I want to go into some other stuff tomorrow. So I, I need to know that you got that you that you're following me and what I've shared thus far. So I'm going to stop here. But again, the point that I wanted to make today again is that your faith. See, remember yesterday we talked about how that Hebrews 11:6 states that, but without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is. See, because you can't see Him, you got to believe He's there, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So that's the basis for getting on board with God with a relationship with the Lord, with Him being able to minister to you and minister through you, all of it goes back to faith. We have to believe His report. Okay, well, let me hear from you. If, if something's come up in your heart as you've been listening, share it with us. Take a moment to call in and let us know what's on your heart. If you've got a question, call in. Let us know that. And also, I want to say this. When you do take a moment to call in to, you know, after a segment that you've listened to, Always mention your name or or rather the name of your podcast. Because see others who are listening and don't know about your podcast yet, they'll have the opportunity to hear the name of your podcast and then bounce on over there and see what you're up to. Alright? Glory to God. It's all about community here, right? Well, have a wonderful day. God bless you. This is Larry Hunter, Five Minute Inspirations. Thank you for joining with me on this little mini series of faith. And I'm looking forward to us getting together again tomorrow. All right, we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Well, good afternoon. We're into part four of our series, which I'm going to call the Faith Works series. We're in part four today. We're going to talk about the fact that faith to be effective or operative must have corresponding actions. So you can tell me that you believe something all day long, but if you really do, then your belief will be evidenced by some type of corresponding actions. In fact, if you're not certain as to whether or not you're truly operating in faith in God, then take note of your actions. What are you saying? What are you doing? What thoughts are you favoring? I remember the last time that we moved abroad to serve as missionaries. My wife and I, we moved to Brazil. Our kids, they were grown up now, so they stayed back. But we, we, when we were preparing to move, we took all of our most precious possessions, and we gave away almost everything, right? We gave away, threw away, <laughs> sold, whatever. Anyway, we took our most cherished possessions, which mainly were books and family photos and, and, you know, of course, important papers. We put them all into a five foot by eight foot storage unit for the time that we were gone. And so each time that we had a chance to come back to the States, we come back for about three weeks of, of uh, they call it furlough, three, three weeks a year. We're able to come back to the States. We preach in churches. We go to the store. We get stuff that we can't find over there. And one of our highlights when we would come back to the States, would be, this is actually in third place. Number one highlight, find a Walmart. <laughs> Why? Because Walmart just makes you feel like you're back at home, right? Number two, go to a Golden Corral buffet. Did you say, did you hear me? I said buffet restaurant where you can just eat all you want to eat for one price. And then number three was to take a trip to our fenced in storage unit. I would look so forward to getting into those boxes and boxes of books that I had in there 
you know, I'd accumulated books over the years and, you know, I'd come back and get to the storage unit and I can swap out books that I've had overseas for the, you know, for the year, put them on in there because I don't need them this year and then take other ones out that I needed. So as we were hanging out with our daughter at her apartment, I remember it was on a scorchy hot Saturday afternoon and I told him, hey, man, I want to go visit the storage unit so I can pick up a few Bibles and a few other books. Well, they weren't too interested in, in going with me because of the heat. So I left by myself. And I got to the storage unit after I rambled through a bunch of my boxes. I found what I was looking for. And by this time, man, I'm soaked. It's crazy hot out there, right? And it's amazing. Nobody had come into the storage unit. I mean, the whole area, the whole facility, the whole time I was there. <laughs> I should have told me something right there. I'm sure it's because of the heat of the day. It seems I was the only one that was local enough to venture out uh, to that storage facility during probably the hardest, the hottest part of the day, which is probably about one o'clock in the afternoon. Here I get back into the vehicle, and it wouldn't start up. It seemed to me like the battery had died. What in the world am I gonna do? I ain't got no cell phone, and nobody can even see that I'm in here from the road. Then I had to start. Wow, Jesus said in Mark chapter eleven, verse twenty-four, you know, what things soever I desire. When I pray, if I believe I receive them, I'd have them. So I prayed, Father, I ask you in Jesus' name that you will cause that when I turn the ignition, the car will start on up so I can get on back out of here and get back to our daughter's apartment. Do you know that immediately after I finished that prayer, I hopped out of the vehicle, made sure to lock all the doors, and I took off on foot outside of the storage facility to look for a motorist to flag down and, and ask for a jump. <laughs> now, here's my question to you. Did I have faith that the Lord would do what I had just requested of him? After all, he said to pray, and I did. No, I didn't have faith for God to do nothing at all, right? What I really believed was clearly evidenced by my actions. After I prayed that prayer, man, I never even tried to turn the ignition again. I never even tried it. So if you don't have actions which agree with what you've supposedly released your faith in God for, then you're not really trusting the situation over to the Lord. Now, on the other hand, uh, I'll tell you another story. Recently, we were going to be flying out to, I think I shared on one of the previous podcasts, we were going to be flying out into this particular third world country to share God's word. And two days before the time we were supposed to leave, violence broke out in the country. And it became so serious that the airline that we were traveling on put out a travel advisory warning all foreigners not to enter into the country. So we decided to cancel and reschedule. Well, make a long story short, my wife called in and canceled. She handled all of the, you know, coordinating the, the flights and all that kind of stuff. She called in and canceled. And then when she called back a few days later to rebook, the airline said that they would not honor our request to rebook. Rather, they were treating our cancellation, which they told us, they advised us we should do. They were treating it as a basic no-show. I'm like, what? We're talking about some big bucks here. So my wife and I prayed and asked the Lord to intervene and cause them to honor the option that they extended to all of the traveling passengers to be able to rebook. Now, over the course of probably about the next week and a half or so, my wife would call back several times, as they requested that she do, to find out what the decision was. Each time, my wife would be so kind and courteous to the little service reps as she's getting transferred back and forth. 
I feel like we didn't, we know everybody in the whole place. <laughs> Whatever, you know. But anyway, she'd speak with them and she'd be courteous and stuff and nice. And could, could you hold one more time? Sure. You know, and uh, eventually that thing got to me. That started bothering me. So I finally asked her, why you being so nice to those people? I think I'd be a little tougher and a little more assertive with them. And she told me, she said, look, I can afford to be kind and courteous to each of these reps because remember, we gave the whole matter over to God in prayer and he's working it all out for us. <laughs> I felt crunchy. Okay, I felt real crunchy in that moment. By the way, she called back the other evening to find out that the, the airline company had changed their tune completely and allowed us to rebook with the money that we'd already invested for the cancel flights. Now that is as fine an example as any of faith in God working along with corresponding actions. Huh? Do you see that? So I, so I want to share this passage of scripture with you as we close. I believe I have time to do that, but it'll really help to bring today's point home. It's found in James chapter 2. James chapter 2, starting at verse 14. I'm going to read James 2, 14 through 26. It says, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation because it's a little bit easier to understand. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, Goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well now. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. Now someone may argue, Some people have faith. Others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith? For you believe that there is one God good for you. Even the, demo, even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. How foolish! Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith... And his actions working together, his actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scripture says, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. He was even called the friend of God. Verse 24. So you see, we are shown to be right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example. She was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. And James chapter 2 verse 26 says this, Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Or in other words, faith is dead, it's incomplete, it doesn't operate, it doesn't function the way it's supposed to if you don't have actions that agree with what you say that you believe. Okay. God bless you. I hope that this ministered to you. If it did, let me know. Or if it just brought up any thoughts within you that you want to share with us all, give me a call and let me know. Okay. God bless you. Larry Hunter, five minute inspirations where we've been continuing on with our series, the faith works series. You have a blessed day and we'll see you next time. Hello and welcome to tuning in to 5-Minute Inspirations. My name is Larry Hunter. I'm your host and we're going into part 5 today of a, a series that I began a number of segments ago 
and we're calling the series the Faith Works series. You know, and uh, I, I appreciate you tuning in to listen to the program today. We, my wife and I, were just about to uh, go into Mexico. We've been asked to come there to to do a seminar on marriage. And I'm very excited about that. And, you know, as we're making our preparations and everything, I just kind of went down memory road today. I mean, memory lane. So you got to forgive me, okay? You know, I was thinking about how when we met, we went to two different universities. I went to the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and she went to North Carolina Central University. And But my sisters went to that university. And so, kind of make a long story short, I met her uh, as I went to go visit my sister and support my sister in, what, in something that was going on in my sister's life, I met who was to be my wife, later to be my wife. Anyway, we didn't get a chance to see each other that often. So we really communicated a lot through letters. She'd write letters to me, I'd write letters to her. And man, it was just magical. <laughs> you know, I'd get her letters and, and she'd be done sprayed them up with some old type of perfume. And Lord Jesus, i get a letter. You know, we go downstairs in, in the lobby area of our the dormitory, I, I sit in a high-rise dorm, and you know, you got your little mail room, and you check your little mailbox. Boy, I tell you, I could smell the perfume before I could even open my box up. I know it smelled the whole place up, the little mail room. <laughs> but anyway, it was so cool, I just sniffed the letter for just over and over again, and then I finally opened it and read it. But you know, like I said, we weren't able to see each other as much as we wanted to, because we were in different universities in different cities, and of course, we both had a very heavy workload while we were in, you know, we were going to classes, but we also had work study, stuff like that. So, you know what? I'd read those letters over and over again. And I really got to know her, a lot about her, through reading her letters. Man, that was just so special. And then, we, of course, we get together and we just grew and grew in our relationship. But, um, I mean, I, I just never forget the feeling that I had when I read the letters it was like the next best thing to be in there. We couldn't be together as often as we wanted to, but there were the letters. And I'd go over the letters. Man, I bet if I'd have had a test on them letters, I'd have got a hundred plus extra credit for the amount of times I'd read over, you know, go back over the older letters she wrote and then bring them on up to the new and just, man, I almost had the things memorized. But like what I'm getting at though is that a large part of our uh, getting to know one another was the letters that we wrote back and forth to each other. And, you know, after a while, I began to get a feel for, a pretty good feel for her personality. Again, largely in part from the letters that we would uh, write back and forth. And I began to develop pretty good confidence in her. If she told me that she was going to do something or she was going to be somewhere, I just believed her. I mean, I, I felt like I was really getting to know her personality. And that was pretty cool, you know. And we grew, and now a number of years later, and look at what all God had planned. I did not know that God had all of this in plan when we met. Just kind of seemed like happenstance that we met, but look at all that God has done. Okay, let me stop going down memory road <laughs> a little bit. We're talking about faith, and I just told you I wanted to bring some angles, some different kind of angles to you. And it's not exhaustive at all, but I just wanted to share some insights that I had gained over the years about faith and how it operates. Now, if we were going to talk about um, how can we get our faith to grow? You know, we talked about the fact that faith is like a muscle. And we all have, every Christian, God has dealt to every believer the measure of faith. That's Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. So we all have a measure of faith that God has given to us. 
Now, what we do with it from that point on will determine how effective we will walk in faith in this life. Are you with me? So we already talked in the previous segment about how, just like a muscle, faith has the ability to grow. And one way that your faith will increase or grow is through exercising it. You got to begin actually exercising your faith in God's word. And that doesn't mean trying to imitate someone else's faith. You see somebody else that seems like they're having a great time. They really can believe God easily and they've believed for a lot of great things to happen in their life and in the lives of those around them. No, don't try to imitate somebody else's faith. You need to start right where you are. Right at what you feel that you can believe that the Lord will do in your situation. Okay? So see, for example, let me see if I can think of an example right quick. Um, okay, so for example, you uh, you got a headache. And you're just so accustomed to whenever you get a headache, you reach for the Tylenol or whatever other type of pain medication to knock that headache on out, right? Well, how about the next time when you feel a headache coming on? Why not pray and believe God to thwart that headache pain? Or if you already have a headache, that through prayer, God will cause that pain to go away. See, you got to get started somewhere. As opposed to just kind of automatically grabbing for the medicine, hold off. I mean, the, you know, the, the, the pain medication, the Tylenol, whatever. Hold off. Say this time. I'm going to believe God. See, it's not a life or death situation. But you want to get an experience with exercising your faith in God's promises. Again, Mark chapter 11, verse 24, one of my favorite verses. Jesus said, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So, okay, I'm going to pray about this headache pain. Lord, in Jesus name, I pray that you, as a result of my prayer to you, that you'll take this pain away just as if I would have taken the Tylenol like I usually would do, and it goes away. I'm not going to take it this time, Lord. I'm going to trust you. See, so when you do that, and then God comes through, then you got an experience of his faithfulness. So that the next time something comes up, whatever it is, you know, you have more, you have some momentum going now because you've seen that God will answer his prayers even for you. So it's easier for you to stretch out in faith and believe God for something else. And then that's how your faith grows. You, it grows through exercising it. Now, how else can I grow more faith in God's word? Now, this answer here might surprise you. You can also increase your faith in God's word and God's faithfulness through intimacy with him. You thought I was tripping and I was kind of a little bit, but think back to what I said about how I met my wife. And I got to know her. Through her letters, through her letters, I, through her letters, I came to, uh, you know, learn her personality. I began to gain an expectation of what she would do and what she wouldn't do by reading her letters, by going over them over and over again. So what I'm getting at is your faith can and will grow as you spend time in God's word. God's word is his love letter to you, his love letter to me. Now, as you make time and spend time in his word, I'm not, I'm not talking about pulling a promise out of the promise box. I'm not talking about being in such a hurry that you read the word, but you forget even what you read before you get gone. I'm talking about taking time 
and let him speak to you out of that word. Taking time and reading that word until you see, you get a sense for God's personality. It's a beautiful thing when that happens. God has a personality. There are certain things that please him. There are certain things that displease him. There are certain, oh man, it's a beautiful thing when you begin to see his personality. And as you begin to learn his personality, guess what? You begin to have faith in what he said. I mean, you can read a promise in the word right now. But if you haven't been really spending time, intimate time with the Lord, you read that promise, but it don't really mean anything to you. You might even say under your breath, I know it says that, but how I know he would do that, how I know he would honor his word. But when you spend time with him intimately over a period of time, making time for him, not rushing through, but taking time in that word, you begin to get a sense for his personality and you faith in what he has said, what he has promised will come much easier to you. I feel like I've been kind of rambling on today. But um, I did want to get this to you and I wanted to share with you, I guess the bottom line of what I'm saying today is that your faith can grow, of course, by exercising your faith. You got to start where you are. Start with what you can close your eyes and easily, effortlessly, effortlessly see God doing for you in your situation. That marks where your faith level is. And then, in addition to that, your faith can grow as you spend intimate time with God, well, 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 he, I, I can't see him. I can't, okay, I couldn't see my wife as often as I wanted to. Back then, of course, she was my girlfriend. But I came to know her by spending time with the letters that she wrote to me. God's word is there for you. His love letter to you. And he's inviting you to get to know him intimately, to get to know his personality. And then... When he says he'll do a thing for you, you're not wrestling within your mind as to whether or not he really will or not. You know he will because you are intimately acquainted with him. Okay, God bless you. I want you to have a wonderful weekend. This has been Larry Hunter, 5-Minute Inspirations. Again, let me hear from you, something on your heart. Go ahead and give me a quick call in, okay? You be blessed.